Hello. Welcome. It's 2021. It's the Brent Broadcasting Channel, BBC. Brent Broadcasting, not the guys over in London, although they do good stuff. But this is me. This is uh, Brent Leary. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming back. I was off. I just uh, re- just thought about it. I had not done a live stream last week. So that was the first week since like March of 2020 where I didn't do at least one live stream. And quite honestly, I didn't miss it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad to be back. It's 2021. And I'm really, really excited to start this off, start 2021 off with a really important conversation. I think that's only going to grow in importance as the years years go on. Uh, and I'm glad to be joined by a chief evangelist for Zoho, Raju Vigesna. And... What do you call it's it's the it's not the maven of Martech. What do you call it again? <laughs> I'm the terrible brander for myself. I'm great for everybody else. It's the Midas of Martech, but that's the Midas. Uh, yeah. The Midas of Bring Martech. In the golden touch. But there is a lesson that I have to avoid in that tale, as you all know, right? So well, regardless, he's on and talker. He is the Midas of Martech. Thank you for joining me, man. It's great to be here, guys. It's great to be here, and it's it's great to start the uh, kind of the 2021 off with the it's a it's an important topic. Um, I I guess we need to fill in folks a little bit about what's going on between Facebook and uh, Apple when it comes to the latest iOS update and Facebook's response to it. And then so I got a couple of slides to set some set it up, and then we'll jump into the conversation. So let me do this. I I got slides, and I actually got a little clip too. Let me go trying to break out all the gadgets here all right so um let's let's start off with what we're talking about here so uh late last year or sometime last year apple announced uh well you know they came out with their new phones and they came out with their new ios but they're gonna have they announced an update to ios and it's caused a lot of uh concern and it's not just concern for one company it's concern for a lot of them small and big but the idea is that they're going to update iOS so that it's going to make app developers have to have customers opt in to certain things, opt into basically customers allowing their data to be uh, collected. So, and as you can see here, you will soon be required to provide information about your privacy practices in App Store Connect. So that's a big deal to a lot of companies. And I, uh, we just did a, a privacy study. And one of the reasons why this is a big deal, if you think about what they just said, you're going to have to have a privacy policy for people to opt into. Now, we just did a study and, and I partnered with Zoho on this privacy study. And one of the big findings of it is a lot of these folks, a lot of companies, and we, we surveyed about 1,499 companies to be exact, um, about them having not only having a privacy policy, but them understanding that third party software that they're using on their websites could be collecting data. We asked if they were actually letting their customers know about or site visitors know about that. Are you letting your site visitors know that you are using code on your website that could potentially be tracking and collecting and tracking uh, data? 63%. 63% said they know what's going on, but they were not letting their site visitors know that their data could be going into the hands of third parties that even the company 
didn't have a direct relationship with. That's a huge number. Let's go back just, you know, the flashback to this. So this iOS update is, is a huge thing on a mu multiple dimensions. Not only are you going to have to ask them to opt in, you're going to have to have a privacy policy that's easy and you're able to easily uh, share with customers. So that's probably why there's a lot of consternation. Now, this has to happen before, of course. You, you got to ask them to opt in before they download your app. So there's a sequence of events that's going on that's going to take place here. And it all starts with this iOS update saying you have to opt in in order for your well, customers have to opt in in order for you to collect their data. All right. That's kind of setting the stage. Now, Facebook had a, a pretty huge response to this, uh, one of which was a full page ad out on the New York Times and other periodicals that basically said, hey, this is not only it's not going to just affect us, it's going to affect small businesses. So Facebook is saying, you know, we're going to take up the mantle for small businesses because we know we're able to provide them an opportunity to uh, personalize ads based on this, some of this data collected. And so it's not not just hurting us, it's hurting small business. That's kind of the crux of the big Facebook response. And, and they've set up a website and, and a whole bunch of things to champion on why this is not a good thing for the market, particularly for the small business customers. All right. Think that. All right. So here's the last thing we're going to you know, kind of set the stage with before we hand it over to the guys. Here. So these are two big titans. As you can see, they make their money in dramatically different ways. <laughs> if you look at Apple, basically, I mean, it, you see a, a bunch of different um, segments there, but basically they sell products and services. They, they, they sell iPhones, they sell Macs. I mean, you look at my studio here, it's like 90% <laughs> Apple's products in here. So they sell a lot of stuff. One thing you notice you don't see on there is they don't sell ads, or at least maybe if they do, I, I don't, I've never seen it. But anyway, if they do, it doesn't even make up a big por portion of their revenue. But if you look at Facebook, now these numbers are from 2016, mind you, this is before the, you know, the iWatch or Apple Watch and all that really took effect. But if you look at Facebook, 97% of their revenue comes from ads. I don't know what the other 3% is, maybe some you know, selling some, uh, you know, some t-shirts on one of their web stores or something, but it's not a lot of money. So that's 2016. Now let's look at what happened. Thanks to our buddy Anand here. He he provided some up-to-date numbers on this. Now, remember, Apple was selling a whole bunch of stuff and they continue to sell a whole bunch of stuff. As a matter of fact, if some of the numbers have gone up in certain categories, like the wearables thing, is that's big now. It wasn't big four or five years ago. But as you can see, there's still products and services based you know, to the whole, to the nth degree. But look at what happened to Facebook. Now, they were at 97% five years ago. They're actually more, <laughs> they're more indebted. Their business is more uh, focused on uh, selling ads even now than it was five years ago. They're up to 98 point whatever. Um, and, you know, that other is very small. We know they have uh, the portal devices. Maybe they're selling a few of those, but they're not doing much by way of anything other than ads. So you, I wanted to point that out, kind of frame it because 
you know, these are two companies and they are buttonheads and they are coming from do, two different perspectives and, and business models. So when this iOS update took, is, takes place, whenever that will be, it will impact data flow. And data flow is used to help personalize ads. And that's where, you know, there seems to be the conflict. All right. So I, I said that and I, and I wanted to get the small business voice in here. So one thing I want to do before we jump into the conversation is on the Facebook site, they did have, um, you know, some testimonials from small businesses that were talking about the impact that this could potentially have on their business. So I wanted to bring one of those in. So let me do this real quick. And I hope this works. Let me uh, turn this on and then let me switch my camera to this and let me bring this up the whole way. And let's hear from a actual small business owner and get their thought on it. We're all frustrated. We're all dealing with COVID. Unfortunately, there's this other thing that's coming up, which is an update to Apple's iOS. You know, we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to do the right thing and grow. And we found a channel that works. And these personalized ads on Facebook work really well. And now it's going to cost us more. Okay, let me bring myself back and bring everybody back in here. I thought it was really important to hear from a small business, we kind of heard from, you know, Facebook and Apple, you just me paraphrasing things. So with all that kind of as the foundation for the conversation, let me just, uh, Raju, I'll ask you first, and then Anand, will you, you kind of follow up? Just give me your take on this situation, the way that you're reading it and seeing it. <laughs> well, there's so many angles to it, Brent. When I first saw the ad, ironically, on, on New York Times, uh, the first thing that hit me was, damn, these guys are endorsing Apple. This is a testament to Apple doing the right thing. That was the first thing that occurred because now when an advertising company, and of course, Facebook is an advertising company, complains that you know the, the new rules imposed by a platform uh, you know, restricts their advertising, then you know that the privacy side of it is is done right so there are two angles here facebook is taking the small business angle but apple is taking the consumer angle and the consumer is also the consumer for small businesses so so which means i think apple is doing doing the certainly the right thing here and there are it's actually a simple choice you either for when you when you buy a product or service, you're paying with money or you're paying with data. In either case, you're paying. Now, what Apple is doing is asking the user, uh, forcing the apps to ask user to decide how they want to pay. Do you want to pay with your data or do you want to pay with money? Currently, users don't have a choice. Apple is saying they need a choice. And I like that, that option better. Currently, it has been an open season of you know, tracking. And now the restrictions are, are coming in. And the restrictions never existed in the, on the website back in the day, thanks to GDPR and, and others. Now, the vendors or website owners are asked or required to ask users permission on whether they can accept certain cookies, mandatory cookies versus tracking cookies and whatnot. But that option 
never existed to apps it, it was restricted to to websites now apple is taking that uh, bringing in the new option of of uh, asking the user whether they can be tracked within the apps the entire concept should be, is is the right move how would go one step further and say every vendor should do it even for web apps and currently it is an open season when it comes to web app tracking and and i i fully support that that model of providing or letting the user pick the way they want to pay pay with money or pay with data and i think uh, we'll have to see how how this this evolves but end of the day it is about letting giving user the choice and and that the choice that they never had in the past Yeah, I, I, you know, I think one of the things that uh, you said really well is that this is more than just. It's it's not as easy. It's not as simple as it is. I mean, it's an incredibly complex situation, and not just because of the companies, but how do we as a society, you know, decide that we want to uh, dictate that engagement? And there are a lot of stakeholders involved that, you know, we can all empathize with. We can empathize with the coffee shop owner that uh, spoke about. We're just trying to survive. We're trying to figure it out. Facebook happens to be a platform that works for us, and you know, if uh, you know, if Apple was uh, you know restricts or creates some gates that we have to follow, or maybe more overhead, uh, it could be a challenge. Um, and you know, Apple has always built. You know, Apple's been around for decades, and they have always built around what their community wants from them. And they have learned over and over again what backlash feels like, uh, particularly days of when, uh, you know, jobs departed, uh, you know, Apple many years ago, and then he returned. And there was some of the culture they set up from the beginning, but that's one of Apple's greatest strengths is ensuring that people adore Apple because they recognize the, the consumer or the customer's, you know, preferences in how they do things. This is, and normally Apple is one to be, let's go for what makes it easier uh, for people to do. Whereas they're taking a very much of an approach. Well, we'll take something, we'll, we'll add some gates in here because we believe the statement of the importance of privacy for, uh, you know, regarding customer data. I mean, but again, those numbers, you know, <laughs> those numbers really tell everything about why each is taking the stance that they're taking. Uh, even with Facebook heading right into what will potentially be more political and policy discussions they'll have in front of Congress as they start to settle in and, you know, after COVID starts to, you know, navigate get its way into uh, a normal, some level of normalcy, whatever that might look like. And Apple has already taken that stance, you know, some time ago, and now they're starting to institute this over time. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not, I just want to share with everybody, this is not easy. Uh, because there's so many very important people who are involved and that's not, not including Facebook or uh, and Apple shareholders or the people that work there. It's, it's really these consumers and how we want to engage ourselves. What's important to us to do that. I do like your idea, Raju, about if we could give and offer a choice that could dictate how each company can, you know, re respond to how they want to interact, right? Their own version of culture and how they want to engage with their community as well. Um, but I think overall, we're, we're going to see a lot of this play out and, and certainly it'll be interesting to see where everyone ends up landing, uh, and what kind of impact these, uh, you know, these, uh, policies and these stances that will take for everyone. Does it matter that 
you know, Apple may have ulterior motives. Um, if they're if the end goal or the if the end result is better protection for customer data privacy, does it matter if Apple tends to benefit more than like and may even hurt you know competition? Or is it just it's the right move to do it because it's the right thing? Whoever wants to take that. One. Do you mean like? Uh, oh, go ahead, Roger. No, I think if if you're listening to Apple's maybe alternative motives and whatnot, end of the day, Apple knows their their customers. Like, take me, I pick Apple because I I I respect the fact that they respect privacy, and that is the reason I stick with a with a Mac or a or an iPhone, and I don't use any other browser other than Safari. Again, all of these because there's a privacy uh, angle in there. That doesn't mean that Apple is, is is right all the time. In fact, I, I question, I sometimes question their privacy stance itself because they cannot run an ad network like search ads that they do and then claim privacy because inherently that conflicts with the, the business model. If the moment you do ad network, well, it is completely based on tracking and Apple cannot say, you know, they're, do, they're, they're privacy friendly and they respect user privacy and then run an ad network in parallel and try to make money. So it's Apple is no no saint either, but at least among the vendors that, that currently exist, they they have a customer base that is picking them based on their privacy stance. And this is yet another move that helps them uh, keep that keep that current status. Yeah, their um, their culture is defined by, or their their future growth is defined by their culture and what they prioritize. I mean, we live in a day where you know how you where how you you know publicly stand as a company defines whether what kind of audience you're going after, and uh, you know there, there's no necessarily good versus evil kind of you know situation. It's more of you know, what kind of choices, again, back to the choice of where, you know, which audience are you going to go after? Um, I mean, I want to remind folks, I mean, I've been spending a lot of time trying to empathize what it's like to be a small business to try to, you know, start up a store, start up a website, you know, for it's been, honestly, it's been a while. And I'm embarrassed that I've had people, you know, certainly hired who are far better at it than I am do a lot of stuff for you know, the ventures I've had in the past. But um, but I think it's incredibly important that there's going to be so many people who really need to be able to go online. And one of the reasons that so many people can start businesses today is because it is easy to do so. And, you know, I'll commend, you know, obviously the Zoho community because it's one of their you know core ventures. And I'm not doing this for, you know, to play, you know, certainly to uh, for, you know, to just, uh, uh, you know, uh, to uh, speak to the, you know, to the community or just kind of enhance that. But I mean, it's true. I mean, and there are a lot of other you know, I don't need to code. I don't need to code things. I don't need to necessarily, you know, build so many things. I don't have to have as much technical knowledge, and I can start a business and I can get going as long as I have a good idea and I understand how I want to start to engage with these customers. So, you know, being able to streamline this is very important. And I think both of them are taking two different stances on that front as well about how do you want to uh, build your business or enhance your business moving forward. And that's also a different conversation than just. You know, is your privacy policy better than the other ones as well? Oh, so let me take the other side and say, what about Facebook and and kind of the stance uh, from the small business perspective? We heard from the small business guy, uh, particularly in the current time where 
A lot of small businesses are struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. Is this the right time to, to for Apple to make a move like this? Because it is already a tough thing right now. Small businesses are going through adding this onto it at this particular time. Is is that something that we should take into consideration and say, hey, this might be a good thing in the long run. Maybe we shouldn't try to do it right now. I'm sure there's a lot of research. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump in. But I'm sure there's going to be a research from Apple that says Apple's route is the better way to go, right? Quality over quantity. And then there's going to be Facebook's research, which general will generalize to say, you know, quantity is better than quality. Um, but, you know, I don't think we really know which way will really, you know, uh, enhance, you know, a small business who is struggling. Uh, if Apple develop again, Apple has been very good at making things incredibly easy, regardless of what, you know, new gates or new uh, obstacles, not obstacles, but, you know, new policies that they put into place. Yes, they get criticized, they address them and they push forward. So if Apple does make it straightforward in, in a way to for small businesses to provide that uh, permission based capacity, um, if you are in love with the brand and you're in love with your local coffee shop, you're probably going to go through those no matter what. And if anything, you're probably building you know, a level of trust in that capacity. Now, is that the same if a business decides to go to Facebook? Are you bad business because you go to Facebook? It's not necessarily the case because you could still treat the data that you have in a certain way. Um, so I, I almost take it as, is, the plat- is it the platform's responsibility or how much of the responsibility falls on the platform to enable these small businesses to address their customer data privacy the way that they would like them to? Um, you know, is Facebook going to even offer opportunities for someone to say you could opt in or out? Uh, and and you know, by default, maybe say, well, you know, you just assume you're on the Facebook platform, trust Facebook, um, and we'll face you know, and then obviously vice versa with uh, Apple, where hey, we've got these you know permissions that you're required as a developer, but, you know, if they love your stuff, they're going to get through it. And we'll try to make it as seamless and streamless as possible uh, while still informing your user base about what's being collected and how it's being used. And and make no mistake, this is not about Facebook standing up to uh, small businesses. It is about money, period. It is about them keeping their their revenue and, and increasing their profits, period. And if that means using you know, small business to communicate that because it resonates well, and, and that's essentially what's going on. Let's cut to the chase. Okay. And then it is not about free as in freedom. It is about free as in a business model. And that is also what, what the discussion and, and in, in, their, in their ad, uh, particularly on New York Times, they seem to confuse between the both frees and, and uh, maybe deliberately so. But that is that is the direction you know Facebook is, and also there are a lot of businesses that will also claim that the ad prices went up, and interestingly during the same time you know the state of Texas files a lawsuit against Facebook or Google about colluding, and that may result in that may have resulted in prices. Then I'm sure you can find a lot of case studies about advertisers who who are paying a lot more and. And who may have not lost business because of those ever increasing, ad, you know, online digital advertising because of you know, you know, probably or, or monopolies that are that are there in the industry. So there are there are other aspects of it we should not ignore in here as well. 
Yeah, and if I could respond real quickly to that, right? I mean, I, not to say that I defend Facebook by any means mm-hmm. by, by stating this, but you know, again, as a small business owner, and I know you know this as well, uh, just to, because I know I've, I've heard you evangelize. I've read many of your things, uh, especially coming out of Zoho, and uh, obviously empathizing with small business or people who are not even ready to be in small business who need to survive on being able to leverage technology. Uh, sometimes it needs to be achievable. Uh, to even accomplish that, and if if unfortunately if it, or fortunately if Facebook is an easier route, yes, you're right. Perhaps Facebook is using that as a business model choice and uh, you know growth choice with their positioning, and Apple's doing the same thing, and that's where the war is happening uh, with this that's coming up. But you know, a lot of small business users they don't really have a lot of understanding about all of these nat- the nature of a lot of these things, and uh, you know it's unfortunate that. You know, where they're using small business as a, you know, as as a as an example about why their position matters. But at the same time, you know, if we look at the flip side of the coin, they really don't know. And so, you know, are you going to really fault a company or, or a small business or a solopreneur or someone potentially surviving or growing to not use Facebook because of their choice or not use Apple because of their choice? They're probably going to pick what's going to be best for them. Uh, in in how they approach you know moving forward. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, th- all of this is about money, right? I mean, again, go back to those those numbers which were striking. You've got one company that makes nothing does makes money off nothing but ads, and then almost any, nothing but ads, and then you've got another company who produces products which certainly has data components to it, and you know Apple has had its slacking for you know data matters in the past. Why perhaps why they're taking these positions as well. Um, but it's it, they're just different business models. And Roger, to your point, right? They are, you know, it's the way that they're going to decide to make money while being able to um, create a competitive situation for the other the other party. So, what role does Apple have? And let, let me rephrase this. So, small businesses, we know. I mean, we just we, part of the survey. You know, you're looking at just a small business segment. A lot of them don't have uh, customer data privacy policies to begin with, let alone enforce them <laughs> and, and, and really, you know, deal with it. I, I don't think customer data privacy has been one of the things that they have focused on in building a business. A lot of them are, right now is just survival. And I think you see that in some of those testimonials. It's like, hey, we're trying to survive over here. Forget, forget about the customer data privacy stuff. What role does the government need to play in this to help put some structure around this or what role does a company like Apple have in helping businesses make this understanding, make this transition to uh, this, you know, opt in uh, model, because I think in the, in the long run, yeah, this has to happen, but how many companies have to get hurt or left behind is there a way that that doesn't have to happen is that a way is there a way to minimize that so that yes customer data privacy is is with you know is withheld up but small businesses in particular don't have to be martyrs for it the the regulation comes in later does the government has a role to play uh, i believe so and and as you have seen in the past, it comes in at a, at a later point. Just like we have seen, uh, do not call list pop up. We need a 
a do not track list that consumers should have an option to be there. And once it is there, every vendor, no matter who it is, should respect that do not track list. And that is something that end of the day gives the power to the consumer. And and now we don't we know that it doesn't exist. And and now without that, now it is up to vendors to take a stance on these. And over a period of time, when enough vendors take a stance, and the government will will eventually come come with it. And of course, there are some governments like like we have seen in EU that are more proactive than than others. But uh, so government certainly has a has a role to play. And because there is there has been significant abuse on the on the privacy and the tracking part of it, uh, it is important for vendors, you know, like you know, Google, in this case Apple or, or others. To step up and and show the path, otherwise it becomes uh, it goes to a stage where the success of the the ad tracking companies or maybe the the technology companies will lead to you know, the detriment of of the internet. People will no longer trust the system, and that will hurt us hurt us all in the long run if we don't you know put put things in place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, government's going to have to, once you impact everyday lives and it's gotten accelerated because of the elections that have occurred, particularly in the United States, where, you know, a lot of the uh, data models, uh, the customer data usage has been, you know, that trust has been broken severely and very publicly, right, impacting publicly in a way that was very shocking. You know, a lot of people did not realize that maybe your loyalty card that you might be signing up for has an incredible amount of data, or maybe we knew it and it didn't, we didn't care because it didn't matter because we got something for it or we got something useful out of it. Uh, but now when people feel like, you know, data is being used in a way that is manipulative, manipulative or, you know, trying to influence in us ways that we don't like. Uh, then that's when it, you know, obviously that's going to become a problem. And that's when governments typically step in or government entities or watchdog groups or, uh, you know, every, di you know, different, uh, different types of groups like this will start to step in. Um, and, and we're going to see that even more so, especially in the coming years. I mean, when Facebook and Google decided to, you know, uh, fight some of the antitrust laws that are coming on. I guarantee you a straightforward of that is going to be all deflected into the data of it because both of them, well, Facebook more so than Google certainly has a, uh, has a challenge with that, uh, you know, with that, you know, they back themselves into, you know, advertising is where we make all of our money. Uh, so they're going to defend that position to a degree. We'll end up finding a middle ground somewhere where consumers will be happy with it or content with it or have to be happy with it. And businesses or the platforms will come to some level of agreement about what the right, um, you know, uh, gates or, uh, or privacy matters that uh, you would need to, uh, policies you would need to implement uh, will satisfy any kind of mandate. So usually governments play sort of a referee in a lot of this uh, or, you know, watch guard groups to tend to do this. Uh, and we'll see some sort of middle ground that no one's going to be happy with, 100% happy with, but it's going to take, uh, as I see it, like, and, and as you follow technology, we always do this in waves, right? We come in and we, we see someone push the boundaries, then, you know, obviously someone has to step in and take it. So we're in another round of that from, you know, robocall days um, as well. Uh, but I will note too, obviously, if you're in Georgia, clearly being on the do not call list or do not text <laughs> list does not matter even to politicians or anyone in the political arena as well. 
Uh, so we will see some of those conversations, I think, come out and also impact a lot of the conversations that will happen. But I agree that I think platforms taking responsibility uh, and also um, navigating small business, helping them in that way. That's the real statement that you're making, not the we're taking this kind of policy statement, you know, ad or, you know, fa- you know, landing page perspective on things. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, we are on January 5th right now because January 6th, I I suspect about 99% of the text message I, I will not get anymore. I'll just also show you what was in my mailbox the last two days. Nothing but political ads. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw, let me throw that out there. Some of that stuff. Okay. Um, Alan so, here asks. Oh, so Brent, would you pay? I mean, would you, if someone paid you a dollar to receive ads, uh, you know, a mailer, would you, would you do it? What are you trying to do, man? This is my show. <laughs> you can say no comment. That's that's kind of the whole, you know, that's one of the best uh, ways out of things. But I, I pose the question more rhetorically, right? I think it's one of those things where uh, would you do that if you allowed someone to peer into your window and see what's going on to say, hey, I'll deliver, you know, more relevant stuff for you. But, you know, here, here's the expense for that. Right. So I, I think it's something to be thought through, you know, for everyone about how much privacy, how much data really is impactful, how much, how much granularity there is for it, and what can you do in terms of being responsible, uh, digital citizen, I guess, in uh, responding to um, or supporting you know, the policies and platforms that are doing the things that you feel are the best. I think there is a related point to, to that, Anand, which is you know, yes, paying someone uh, to receive uh, something is one part. But as long as you know that you're receiving from that particular person, the real problem right. today is that person is now selling your data with to thousands of other people. And that is the mess we have gotten ourselves into. Yes. And I, I think I like what uh, some of the, you know, the, some of the discussion around surveillance versus, you know, relevance matter, right? I think that conversation is where does that line go? And it speaks certainly to what you're saying is it's not necessarily a collection of data, but how that data is being used or how that data is being shared. And I think that's a, that's a very well, a very well taken point as well that everyone should take into consideration. Well, at, as of the time we did the survey, I think both Raju and I were kind of surprised at some of the the looseness around customer data and, and the uh, pretty casual, um, you know, feel around third party access to customer data. I was surprised. I'll just speak for myself. Uh, I think there's a bit of a climate out there right now that is very casual with how uh, customer data, who's accessing it and, and how it's being used that I was surprised about. Do you think that this kind of thing, this update, um, well, let me, let me back up. What do you think consumers generally feel about this area right now? Because quite honestly, I haven't heard a lot of them talking about it. Uh, I'm surprised. I I think people like us are all over it, but you know, generally speaking, some people are like, you know what? I get to use this stuff for free, and they th- they they use the term free. They're not thinking of a, the data that they're giving up. They're like, hey, this is cool. I'm 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 all for it. I'm okay with it. Let it rip. Do you think that's uh, something that that thought is going to prevail over time, or do you feel like because you are seeing more and more misuse or these stories are starting to bubble up that consumers will eventually say, you know what? They're right. I don't, uh, I'm going to drive this. 
Because right now it doesn't feel like consumers are driving this move. Well, I think the, the obvious, uh, I think the answer here is obvious. Uh, Facebook knows the answer. That's why they're fighting it. <laughs> if you ask consumers, they will pick the right thing. That is not the thing that that's good for business. And and that's the reason Facebook is trying to find it, fight it. Or, or let me ask you then, uh, let's say you install an app and the first prompt that comes up is, hey, uh, this app wants to upload your contact list. Do you want to agree or disagree? Well, and and that is the case uh, with every single thing. This app wants to track your location, wants to use your face ID or something, you know, pick anything, right? Are you going to agree or disagree? End of the day, either, either choice is fine and it varies by individual. But the point is that the choice should be given to the individual, the apps and the companies who are who, whose business is dependent on on selling that data should not decide what is good for consumers. Consumers should decide what is good for them. That, that goes right to the, the professor's question here. The question is, <laughs> do consumers have the right to own that data or do Facebook and Google? I think the obvious answer is, of course, they shouldn't be able to own it. The consumers should be able to own it. But mm -hmm. do they are they right now saying, you know, I give my rights to my data over to you because I want to use your system? Because that seems to be that's what they're doing, even if they don't know that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, you know, it's... Um... <laughs> you know, there's there's an ideological kind of perspective, of it, but a lot of I mean, I agree with uh, what you were saying initially, Brent, which was there's a lot of there's a very casual nature of what about people's data uh, or per, everyone's personal data until it gets misused. Like we, we become very righteous when, <laughs> once we realize, oh, wait, this data was used and misused. Otherwise, uh, particularly a lot of the next generation folks uh, or later generation folks, they're like, well, my data is out on the Internet anyway. Right. How many times have you heard that, you know, it doesn't really matter because I know that I'm using tools that are uh, that or platforms that have data that are, excuse me about that, um, that have data that are uh, that's being used, you know, by the system to help me or or. Yeah. OK, they're sending me relevant ads. They don't they don't. There's just this casual nature of. I'm happy to give this data up. Now, if the NSA said, hey, you, I, if I had a platform and would you give my, you give you your data, <laughs> you know, I mean, people would resist in that kind of capacity. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it, it only bubbles up when, pe when it's misused. And I think when people have a better, more and more of this, like, you know, debacles that occur and the more people start to understand that it's good that someone's asking them where, you know, or informing them about that data. Yeah, they might just click through and say, yes, 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 and okay, okay, okay. But if they are, if for those who do care or for those who want to have that choice, they, they should have it. So does Facebook and Google own that data? Well, if you give it up, then yes, which means that's why it's even more important that we, you know, obviously there, there's good policies or stances about how that data is being used because then you, you may change your stance based on what you hear in terms of how, how it's being used or not misused potentially uh, if it's from the public. I, I want to finish up in the next couple of minutes, but one of the things I was thinking about is maybe it's casual right now because some folks, maybe some consumers feel like right now they're able to control, have more control over what they put out there on these networks. So therefore, you know, hey, I, I'm okay with it. But more and more, 
our our interactions are digital. I mean, we used to go into the stores, you used to buy stuff in the stores. Sometimes you pay cash. So people don't know what you're buying and when you're buying it because you're kind of an anonymous person. You're not part of the lo- the the loyalty club. You just go in with some cash and you buy something and that's it. Nobody knows what you bought, when you bought it, how much of it you bought. But because now we because of what's going on right now, you're doing more online grocery shopping and online food buying. Now there's a digital trail. Now they know exactly what you're getting, where you're getting it from, what time of day you're getting, how much of it you're getting. And if you're doing like Uber Eats, not only do they know, now there's like third parties. You know, your order goes in here, but there's a driver who has to know all this stuff. And now there's more of your data being you know, digitized and, and your, the knowledge of you is out there. I suspect, and I, I, I think as this goes on more, then the, the, the level of concern probably will go up because, you know, you've got Apple has a, you know, a watch that tracks all your health vitals. I mean, now they got your digitized health records. So all these things that used to be out of the realm of, you know, digital third parties, now it's being in the realm and it becomes more and more and more of you, of your, your record is known. I suspect that is going to have some impact. So to kind of uh, bring it all home, do you see this move by Apple, uh, you know, let's say they do it in the next couple of months, sparking, you know, customers and companies to say, you know what, we got to do what we got to do. We got to make sure these customers who are starting to realize more of this digital stuff is floating around. We got to make sure they understand that we actually do care about their data and how it's being used. And because eventually this is going to become a part of the customer experiences. Yeah, the price is great. The feature functionality is great. But what what about how they handle my really what I consider to be private data, data that, yeah, I, I'm OK for sharing stuff on social networks. But because I'm using all these different systems and, and they're tracking everything I do now. Maybe I need to have a, that as part of the customer experience a little bit further up. Do you see that happening in the next year or so? Or do you see still uh, consumers not caring? And because consumers don't care as much, companies like small businesses can say, you know what? Uh, we're not worried about it. We just want to sell stuff now. I expect it to take time, Brent. In this case, by the time it gets to broader awareness or the pendulum probably will swing too far on one side before it it swings back i think we are still it is still going to get worse before it before it gets better and uh, the privacy implications that we know and the issues that we are seeing on a day-to-day basis uh, we are they are surfacing for example yesterday there was a discussion about how these url shortness are actually tracking all everything and selling that data right how many people are familiar with that? And I, and I think a week or two back, uh, I learned that the, the state of, in the state of Texas, uh, there is a real estate company that bought information about property owners and the property taxes they were buying. They, they were paying every year and all that information is available at the county level. But now they, they struck a deal and now who knows, you, you, you can guess what's happening with that data. They're trying to get a lot of things, value of the property to whatnot. That is again, another data point. 
So like that, we have seen it with the health records. We have seen it with the financial statements where uh, some of these credit card companies and, 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 and sharing data freely with the advertising thing. There is a lot going on underneath that we consumers are not familiar with. And by the time these things do surface, it probably is, is, is too late. And it is important for vendors, companies, individuals, influencers to start talking about it and raise awareness on the importance of the, the privacy. Otherwise, if it swings too far in one direction, it'll be what we lose is extremely important. That is trust. And you cannot win back trust in a year. And that is at stake now. And that is where we got to fight back and we got to educate people about about uh, the importance of privacy. And, and this is something Apple's trying to do ahead of time, right? They're like, look, we, we've always tried to ensure trust with our community. We know it's our strength. We know the word of mouth is incredibly powerful. If we do this ahead of time, yes, it's a little bit of a headache, but we're going to communicate as much as possible and then we're going to push forward. And, you know, that that's incredibly important. So it's really a lot of us who take this casual nature of how we sign up for things, and I'm just as guilty, we just trust until we don't. Right. Um, and that's what ends up being a challenge is that is it, it like to your point, Roger, is it going to be we're too late when we don't trust and then we start to go back? It's hard to go back once you, you know, once you're on Facebook and you've been there for a few years. Uh, it's kind of hard to go back because, you know, grandma's on there or, you know, like my friends are on there or whatever the case may be. So, I, yeah. And, and I'll add another data point, too. Like there's um, you know, I work with a lot of VCs and uh, private equity and start high growth startups and. Uh, you know, there used to be this sort of a red flag when you're looking for companies, which is uh, they used to say, uh, if they've got one, per if we get 1%, then we'll be billionaires, right? And that was sort of the value proposition in some of these pitch decks. Uh, that's gone, you know, that's become a facade now, right? So you really have to well define what that means. Then there was the uh, uh, the other aspect, which is, oh, we'll just slap some advertising in it and we can always augment our sales goals, right? And I think some of the reports and research you've all done have talked about, you know, trying to achieve or meet sales goals or even use advertising as the last ditch effort uh, to hit that quarterly goal or that annual goal. Um, a lot of those types of pitches have also kind of gone out the window. So if you're trying to build a high growth startup uh, and you're trying to say that advertising is going to be your saving grace, then that's very suspicious and that will create a lot of red flags. And as we all know, you know, investment, especially in the, 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 now that a lot of people can become an investor in private markets, uh, that has fueled a lot of what becomes popular or not popular in, you know, the mainstream, uh, business communities. So if it, I, I have a little bit of hope that, you know, if new companies that are coming out are not, you know, dependent on ad revenue as the sole source of their income, then you know delivering products like real absolute products like Apple is doing, say for instance, uh, then you know there might be some hope for all of us yet. And I noticed this actually when Google came in, uh, I think early two thousands, and it's becoming widely successful. And I had, I got a sense that and kind of predicted, but now in hindsight, if you think back, the wild success of of Google and and the advertising based business model. I think we ended up uh, that made or forced the industry into a lost decade or two of business, alternative business models. So everyone picked 
advertising as a business model. It's like one superhero movie taking off, then everyone wants to do a superhero movie. So one business model takes off and makes a ton of money. Everyone wants to do that. And we are in that mode. And there has to be alternative business models and ideas. And it is important to pull back into, into new innovation and new ways to, to you know, pay. It's not always with data and advertising. And then you've got to ask the fundamental question. Uh, if you're if you're an engineer or anyone working on these algorithms, do you really want to spend your brain cycles on on, on having someone click on that ad, or or is there anything else useful that you want to be doing? And that is an important philosophical question that you know each of us have to ask ourselves. It's interesting too, like uh, the talent that comes out of places that focus on advertising, they are just backed into that corner. As I'm talking to people and they have, you know, their various logos of the companies they worked for, or, you know, you mentioned engineers. So I was thinking exactly about that same thing that all they can think about is advertising or using customer data to make more relevant, whatever this and that and the other, but they never really think about what is the value of the product that you're delivering to the customer and that's so distressing. Um, but uh, but like I said, as I mentioned, I mean, they're, yeah, uh, breaking that business model, I'm hoping is that the there's a new superhero. I love the analogy, superhero movie that <laughs> people are looking at. And uh, and maybe that's something that between Apple and Facebook, they're trying to determine who that superhero is going to be. But the superhero movie um, will be, or the next horror movie <laughs> will be. Horror <laughs> movie. <laughs> The Get I, Out I was, was awesome, by the way. That thing was phenomenal, by the way. So if you ever have a chance to watch it, I'm putting my little endorsement there. But and there's our movie critic for the. BBC. <laughs> <laughs> Let me end with this because it's an interesting question, and, and uh, it's from our, my buddy Alan. Can you talk about alternate paths to consumers? Since we've kind of we know what the the problem is, how do they get around the problem if they're trying to be you know live the the straight and narrow good life to customers? <laughs> Aligning with with where the customers are, I think that's the first thing. If if the values of the company are aligned with the values of the customers, you know that that is a that is a good starting point. In this case, that's what Apple is doing in the first place. They are aligning their business model with the, where their customers are. If Apple abuses privacy, customers like me, for example, will walk out. I'll pick a different vendor that values privacy. So the same way, if Customer, if the end of the, the end users, the consumers, the customers uh, want privacy, then businesses should respect those privacy. So aligning with your customers' interests is is a, a, a good way. If you don't want, uh, if your customers don't want your ads to follow them, well, it's probably a good idea to stop it. <laughs> and in most cases, most of these ads are any, anyway show up after you purchase that item. <laughs> so, but that's that's a different story altogether. But aligning with customer interests is, is a good starting point. Yeah, I I, I think that it, you know I'm very blessed, and certainly you know I'm very lucky that I can you know make choices about certain things. But I've been in those boats where you know I was uh, you know I, I really needed to do whatever it could take to ensure that me and my family were taken care of, and. Uh, you know, if if I were to empathize with those, which is many of those, especially being hit with COVID, who were trying to start a business, you know, I, I think in the early days, and, and I know this might be controversial, you go where the customers are, but you can worry about your, you know, morality a little bit later once you get moving forward. 
uh, and, and getting things going. Um, I, I, again, you know, I mean, you can't be blamed for the platform you use, particularly very high profile platforms that are well trusted by so many different people. Uh, you know, until that changes dramatically and it's more well defined about what that's going to look like. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm never going to ask you to sit down and watch C-SPAN and figure out, you know, in the U.S. <laughs> like what the policy is going to hammer itself out to be. Um, but I think eventually your relationship with the customer directly, it, it, there needs to be a path to that very quickly. Uh, so maybe you might be reaching customers that, uh, you know, we're using traditional means in order to do that, but eventually being able to continue to build that relationship with customers, not just simply blast or send out texts or, you know, random texts or make random calls or sending these things have, you know, eventually you need to do that because otherwise your business will not be sustainable. Um, cause in the long run that won't happen. Uh, so if you're starting off and you're hungry, go do it, do what, do what you need based on one of these trusted platforms as trusted as they are today. And then eventually create that path because what you'll find is these people who the consumer does recognize people who are trying to develop relationships with them, right? Whether you're a local coffee shop to, you know, a high growth startup company. So, uh, you know, that that's the long, that's sort of the get rich slowly kind of mentality, but at least you'll be there and you'll be doing the right, the right thing over the long term. Hey guys, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to, Talk about this. This is just, I think this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. I think we'll be talking about this for months, if not years to come. And I, it's just great to have you guys join me for the very first show of 2021 for the BBC. So thank you, Raju Vigesna and Anand Thakur. And of course, I'll be talking to them a lot over the course of the year. So, you know, they'll be coming back. I'm not even going to ask them. I'm going to make them come back. By <laughs> to talk about this stuff but in the meantime thank you and uh, i guess the next time i will see you is we're gonna bring on paul greenberg we're gonna do this here on players uh, byob 2020 award shows zoho was a part of that i'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out in the meantime thank you and i will see you later Bye. thank you